1: Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're gonna to be narrating three new and stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I was 21 recently became a police officer, and was recently dumped. So my friend suggested Tinder. As a 21-year-old and a new cop, I had the, I'm invincible and I can take on anyone mentality. I matched with a very good-looking, out-of-my-league female. We chatted and eventually set up a date to meet. She said she had a great open field to look up at stars and hang out, and we could meet up at her house. So the night came. I was excited and she seemed to be excited when I picked her up. She guided me to the field, and it looked nice. Open space, woods, deer, and other wildlife. In the field, I noticed really dim headlights off in the distance. Then, the van started driving towards us. It pulled up in front of my truck, almost close enough to block me from going forward. I told her to stay in the car, and I'd go say hi. I grabbed my flashlight I had in the car, and walked up. In the front driver's side of the van, there was a decently sized man. I asked him what's going on, and if he could back his car up just a little bit. He was very polite, said he was the owner of the property, and that he didn't mean to scare us. He told me that he's been having trouble with poachers on his property, and just wanted to make sure we weren't going to be shooting at anything. I ensured him we only came out to look at some stars and wildlife. He was perfectly okay with that, told me to have a nice night, and drove away. After that, the girl was texting nonstop. Around an hour later, I saw headlights coming towards us again, this time at a really fast pace. We hopped in the car and I moved it to a more defensive position. The same man came close enough to almost hit my car. She hopped out of the car at that point and ran straight towards the guy. I immediately knew that I was f***ed. I got out and gave them commands to back up and get on the ground. Neither of them complied, obviously. He then proceeded to charge at me, and he knocked me to the ground in one swoop. Luckily, I was able to get him on his back and get up. I saw my date grab a metal pipe from the van. She told me that they had a gun and to give them my money and truck, and I wouldn't get hurt. Of course, with my I'm invincible mentality, I said no. She started to cry and say that they didn't want to hurt me. He then started to go back towards his van. At that point, I told them that I was a cop, drew my concealed firearm, and told them to lay on the ground. After a shared moment of shock, they complied. I was able to call 911, tell them my name and my badge number. I had two at gunpoint. And needed backup immediately. I gave our dispatcher the best directions I could to this field. While on the phone though, they both fled. Again, stupid new cop young guy mindset. I chased them. I took off after the man who ran into the woods around the field. I chased him for maybe 30 seconds and heard three loud pops and saw the flash of a muzzle. My I'm invincible mentality went right out the window. I ran like hell back towards my car and peeled the hell out of there. I went back to the area that I picked her up in, called dispatch again, and had officers come to that location. Of course, the first officers to pull up were my sergeant and my field training officer. They were both completely understanding and didn't give me any sh** about it at all. The most used words were dumbass and stupid f**king rookie. I hopped in the car and went towards the field. Luckily the van was still there. I was told to shut my mouth and to only come out if they started to get shot at. They cleared the area and started looking in the van. They found meth right there on the center console and continued to search the car. What scared me the most was when my field training officer and sergeant came back to the patrol car. They let me out and told me to come look in the back of the van. Both of them were pale looking horrified. I went to the back of the van, where there were several knives, duct tape, lighter fluid, a decent amount of rifle ammunition, handcuffs, and what looked to be dried blood. In the front passenger seat, we found an AR-15 style rifle, and two more handguns. We called for immediate backup, plus detectives. The license plates had been stolen, the van had also been reported stolen. The tests on that blood in the back of the van turned out to be positive for what we thought it was. I still get sh about this whole encounter, but luckily no one got hurt. And I can honestly say that I will never use online dating again. Ever. This story happened when I was growing up, around 2004 or 2005, when I was about 13 years old. It took place in a rural area, a good ways outside of the town of Uvalde, Texas. The town itself was really small back then, and not much to look at. It's just one of those towns that really isn't on the way to anything important. My father knew someone who owned a deer lease that was about a thousand acres and was complaining about a ton of hogs that were tearing up their land. Being open season on hogs in the south, my dad thought he would surprise me that summer and take me down for a week to go hunting for them. Not only did that help him with networking for his job, but also gave us some quality father-son time. I remember the drive down there from Dallas was torture. It was about seven hours in my dad's hard-top Jeep Wrangler. The car was so uncomfortable that I hated it. All I had to do to pass the time was stare out the window or try to beat Super Mario Land on my Game Boy Pocket, something I was never able to accomplish anyway. The drive, obviously, took most of the day. So we got there in the early evening. The owner of the land had told my dad that he hadn't had anyone lease it that year yet, and the cabin on the property might be a little rough and dusty. I didn't really care. At this point in my life, I had been in scouts for a couple years and spent a lot of my free time in the woods or fishing with friends. Needless to say, I was pretty comfortable roughing it. So after unlocking the gate and driving to the cabin on the land, we settled in. The cabin was pretty rough dust and dirt everywhere, flies. I remember that it looked like some raccoons had gotten into the cabin and crapped on the floor. After cleaning up a little bit, we got the sleeping bags out and then set up the cots that we decided to sleep on. Something about that night was weird. I never was able to get comfortable enough to fall asleep for any restful amount of time. I couldn't put my finger on why, but I had that feeling of being watched. I was finally able to drift off for what I guessed was an hour, maybe. When we woke up, it was early, about 6am. We decided to scout around the land for tracks and signs of hogs, and then find a good place to set up a blind. It was the summer, and horribly hot in the afternoons, so morning was the best time to be out and about. After walking for an hour or so, we came to an area of trees, lightly dense and luckily found some sign of hogs. Typical torn-up ground where they had been rooting, so we followed them into the trees. I was looking for more signs when my dad stopped me with his arm. I remember looking up and seeing someone standing about 50 yards away. Some of their body was blocked by trees. This was private land, so they definitely weren't supposed to be there. We also had confirmation from the owner before we got to the lease that nobody was there. Not to mention that the gate was locked up when we first arrived. The person was wearing a brightly colored red jacket. We slowly walked towards them, and my dad called out something like, Hey! We took
0: it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become?
1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Buenos dias, world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. dead still we were about 30 yards away and could see that he was turned away from us with his hands in his pockets weird thing was that the person was in a ski jacket and what looked to be ski pants now this is texas in the summer it was about 98 degrees outside by then my dad called out one more time no reaction he told me to stay behind him as he unsnapped the clip to his pistol holster We approached the person's right side, and then my dad told me to stay put, about 20 yards away. I crouched down, watched him circle around to the front of the man, all the while talking to him, asking if he was okay. He finally made it around to the front of the man, and my dad stood straight up with a confused look on his face. I called out and asked, what's wrong? He called back saying, it's a mannequin. I walked over to it while my dad stood there staring, and as I got closer, one thing stood out the most. The clothes it was wearing were brand new. No dust, sap, bird droppings, or any signs of being outside for more than a day or two. At that moment, I looked at my dad and could see him get worried. Almost immediately after, I felt that feeling again, like we were being watched and I knew my dad felt it too. I wanted to start crying, I remember feeling so suddenly scared. My dad whispered, We're leaving right now. He grabbed my hand, and drew his pistol. He scanned the area the whole way back while I was trying to hold back panicked tears. We got back as fast as we could, I was terrified so it felt like an eternity, but in reality it was probably only about 45 minutes. After returning, We packed up and beat feet. We drove back home that day and didn't talk too much on the way back. I remember right after we left, my dad called his buddy, the owner of the land, and he was confused as well. He said that he would go check it out next week when he was in the area. He also said that he had never had an issue with people because his property was high fenced. My dad normally isn't a paranoid person, but me being young, and the least possibly having someone there that we didn't know about, he decided to be cautious and just get us out of there. After we got back home, we talked, and my dad wasn't able to sleep the night before as well. He had the same feeling, but didn't want to wake me up because he thought I was sleeping. Turns out, the next week he got a call from his buddy. He had checked the whole property, and never found a trace of anyone. No mannequin, no anything. The story still makes my hair stand on end. No idea what that was, but the paranoid man in me thinks it was some kind of trap or something. Not quite the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me in the woods, but certainly top three. I'm also glad that whoever was out there, at the same time as me and my father, that we didn't have the pleasure of meeting. I could give you a million times as a kid and young adult that I felt scared or paranoid playing in the woods. It's a beautiful place, and I spent my entire childhood getting lost, not literally, out there by myself or with friends. As kids, we never got too far out there, but you could actually see the progression of us venturing further and further out as we got older, because of forts and carvings we would leave. This one particular time. My best friend and I had just graduated high school, and we decided to venture out, like we had a thousand times before. It was our last summer of freedom, and we spent the entire summer camping and hiking out there. We had decided to try and find a new place to set up camp, and walked for what felt like a few miles, before we came to a nice clearing. The area was relatively new to the both of us. We got the camp set up, and fire going, and the plan was to wait until nightfall, smoke some weed, and play some Monopoly. For a little backstory on my friend and I, my buddy is a smaller, real goofy guy, but comes from a family of foresters and always had a deep understanding of all the trees and different plants he would come across. He had no fear of going and camping out by himself. If I spent 10,000 hours in the woods, he probably had spent 50,000. As for me, I'm a taller, sturdier guy, and as we got older, I spent more time worried about women and sports, so the woods quickly became a place for small parties. Also, I never had the balls to camp out alone. In fact, older me wouldn't go far at all when I was alone, because I could never shake the feeling of being watched. Which was just paranoia, but it's still an uneasy feeling. Anyway, camp is set, fire is going but it's getting lower and needs wood. Sun is down and we're both cutting up and having a good time. My friend is sitting on this little chair he always brought and loading up his makeshift bong. I was crouched breaking off some excess limbs from the logs that we had gathered for the fire. All of a sudden, this strong breeze cuts through the clearing. I couldn't tell you if it was the suddenness of it or what, but my friend and I both stopped immediately and looked at each other. The breeze went just long enough to flicker our fire down to a small flame. We both sat completely still, in almost total darkness, and neither of us said a word. Across from us, on the other side of the fire, we could hear footsteps. They sounded like somebody was running, and would slow down to a walk, and then run again, definitely on two legs. By the sound of it. They were pacing back and forth over the same spot. Then, just like it started, it stopped, with a softer crunch on the underbrush. I knew by sound that it had taken a crouch. I was crouched still, and knew I was staring right at it in the darkness. My friend grabbed my shoulder and said, Buddy? And when he did, I felt this surge of fear come over me. I could feel it and hear it in him. I had been so fixed on the footsteps and rationalizing what I heard that I hadn't even considered being afraid. But this was true fear. It was raw and made me feel helpless. I could hear my friend after a while grab some leaves and he dropped them on the fire. For a split second, the leaves covered the fire and we were in pure darkness. Then. The fire sprang to life. We both quickly grabbed more brush and leaves and threw it on the fire. I got some sticks and logs on there, and neither of us took our eyes off the spot or moved much for over an hour. Finally, the leaves crunched, and whatever it was, slowly walked off. It had sat, crouched, watching us without moving for far longer than any animal would have. It wasn't until after the footsteps disappeared that I realized that there was a stench that had disappeared as well. It had smelled like a paper mill, spoiled eggs almost. For the rest of the night, besides whispered remarks, neither of us really moved or stopped looking at that spot. Nobody went into the tent, and I had a very short, light sleep sitting on the ground with my head rested on my hands. My friend never went to sleep. In the morning, we packed up silently and walked back home before day even broke. To this day, we talk about it. In the seven to eight years since it's happened, my forester friend has not camped by himself out there since. He's braver than I am, but I'm glad to follow his lead in this instance. I don't think I'll be heading back out to those woods anytime soon. Hey everybody, Malevolent here. I wanted to thank you all for taking the time out to watch this and all the other videos on the channel. It's very much appreciated. And if you enjoy what we do here, please hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. The support means a lot and I'll be sure to keep the content coming. Thank you again and I'll catch you on the next one.
0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com
1: or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X.